When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. It's easy and totally free. Use code BUCK in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, Wednesday edition of the program. It appears we have a speaker. He is Mike Johnson. A lot of you would not know him, I would imagine. I did not know him beforehand from Louisiana. It appears that he is going to have the votes uh, when the vote is officially cast on the floor of the House of Representatives. So that is underway. We will update you on all of that. Lots of news coming out of Israel, including the United States asking Israel and Israel evidently agreeing not to invade Gaza until there is more American support there, raising a lot of questions about what might be coming. We'll have Buck put on his foreign affairs hat and analyze all of that for us. But, Buck, I want to start with the response that we've seen in the United States to the Hamas attack, particularly on college and university campuses, which has been a big story. And last night, as uh, I was getting ready for bed, trying to get the Travis boys to go to bed, brush their teeth, do all the things that parents have to do as they get their kids ready for bed, um, I saw a story, and I couldn't believe it was real. And I actually waited about a half hour and kept doing research on it because... I just I couldn't believe that this could have been happening. And so uh, I, I think most people out there know I went to George Washington University. We've talked some about where we went to school. It is a school just about four blocks from the White House in Washington, D.C. And it has a population that's close to 30 percent Jewish, which is a big population of Jewish students. I think it was even higher than that. 
when I was enrolled there 20-some-odd years ago. And actually, Buck, when we were in D.C. last week, I walked through GW's campus because the school had received a decent amount of attention because there had been a pro-Hamas uh, protest that had taken place on campus featuring uh, students. And so I just kind of wanted to walk through the campus like someone would who went to college, see what it looked like, see what the vibe was. That was last week. Last night, near the center of GW's campus, Buck, is the Gelman Library. And the Gelman Library was named for and, and funded by the donations of Holocaust survivors. There are many high donor individuals at GW, if you walk through the campus, that are Jewish. The GW population has largely been Jewish for some time. Lots of people from Long Island, lots of people from Philadelphia, lots of Jewish families have sent their kids to GW for some time uh, down the coast from New York and Philly and, and Boston. It's a very common school there. Being put on the side of the building by a student protest were the following phrases on, again, a library that was built by Holocaust survivors to educate students at GW. Glory to our martyrs. Divestment from Zionist genocide now. Free Palestine from the river to the sea. And more. But those are just three examples. If you want to see pictures of it, you can go to my Twitter feed. I'm sure we'll post a story about it up at clayandbuck.com as well. And Buck, we talked about this a little bit, I think a couple of years ago. And we've talked about it on the show since because it's sort of laughably absurd. But GW removed, it had been the Colonials, George Washington, the Colonial Army. So the idea was that the mascot was the Colonials. It was a GW uh, mascot. They decided that it was too closely, the GW administration did, too closely connected to the idea of colonialism. And a lot of people kind of laughed it off. And honestly, the colonial army, we were the colonists fighting back against the the colonization. So it's the exact opposite of that. But a lot of people laughed it off. But, Buck, I think it was a root symbol of the toxicity that had taken place at the university. And this is now the natural outgrowth of it. And the fact that this is happening not only at GW but everywhere is, I think, frankly, alarming. I mean, imagine if after 9-11 on college campuses across the country, there was a little bit of this, as I mentioned, but not anything like what we've seen here with the anti-Israel, anti-Semitic stuff. But imagine if right after 9-11 there were on, I mean, dozens and dozens of campuses that we already know about, protests, displays like this one, uh, placards being held up about how, you know, Bin Laden has a point about U.S. imperialism in the Middle East, basically, right? You know, what Bin Laden's uh, philosophy is about the U.S. needs to get out of the, of the you know, Islamic uh, holy land, etc., um, that he's got a point, and so it's really our fault. I mean, we, we would have viewed that with abject scorn um, and thought that the people that were pushing that line were um, horrifically morally deranged. And that's what I think about what's going on right now with these college kids. And this is what has been 
I think such a wake up call for, for so many people. Um, there's, there's really, it's very hard not to see what happened on, uh, on, in Israel a couple of weeks ago and come away from it thinking that it's in any way morally different from or separate from Al Qaeda, ISIS, uh, the worst jihadist terror groups that we've dealt with over, over recent decades. And so, you know, how did we get to this place? I mean, that's one aspect of it. I mean, I think campus culture, um, has been getting increasingly, uh, not, not just left wing, but kind of virulent and, and angry and really feeding into, uh, the malcontents mental illness about reality and, and their role in it. Um, but for this to happen at a place like GW or a place like Harvard or, I mean, you go to the list, these sorts of things are occurring at very, very well-known schools is indicative of how far this rot has spread. You know, there are some interesting articles, Clay, that are showing Hamas leadership in Qatar and they, you know, Qatar is playing host to them. You know that Qatar has donated billions of dollars to U.S. universities over the last, uh, I think, last two decades. They hosted the billions. World Cup. Well, Sure, but I'm talking about you know, on college campuses specifically. I'm talking about hundreds of millions of dollars donated from Cutter to schools like Georgetown, uh, like Cornell, you know, these institutions funding schools of politics or schools of international relations, etc. And that's just Cutter. Same thing with Saudi. You start to go down yeah. the list. Some of these Gulf state ties into academia and the funding of these Middle East studies departments and, you know, what kind of professors are they hiring? And this has been happening a little bit under the surface. But, Clay, when you follow the money, you start to see that there has been an influence of Mideast radicalization on these campuses going back for 20 or 30 years now. I, I Buck, I, I think it's a question that adults have to be asking now. I, and I, I said earlier, I don't like the idea of expelling students for sharing political opinions. I, I think that's the wrong opinion. We talked about they're, this. They're going to want to expel students for using the wrong pronouns. As you know, this is the problem. This is what that, we run up against. This is the, the precedent. And look, UVA, uh, Carol Markowitz mentioned this with us earlier this week, I think, when she came on, that University of Virginia expelled a student for criticizing BLM protests. And, and didn't actually uh, even say the thing that she was alleged to have been correct. said. Correct. Yes. But, but that, that, that is emblematic of the, of the high stakes emotional world that can be created. So I don't like the idea of expelling students. But I would say this, and you're seeing this happen at the University of Pennsylvania. You've seen it happen at Harvard. I do think it's time for the donor class. For people out there who are fortunate enough to have the resources to be able to subsidize universities and education to say, we're pulling our donations. And, and I would say this to anybody listening who has resources that is donated to GW. There is something toxic in the culture now. And this was not there, Buck, when, when I was a student. I, I, I can't imagine after 9-11 at GW there being uh, students who were saying America deserved it. Now you've talked about it. Some of the places that, uh, around Amherst where you were that that started to happen. Now closely, to be fair, GW, you really were in the center of everything. They thought the White House was going to get struck from the rooftop of a lot of the, uh, GW dorms and apartment buildings in the area. You could see the smoke from the Pentagon. It's very close geographically. So this was something that people innately felt in DC and New York City. 
uh, in a way that didn't necessarily strike directly at the uh, experience for everybody else. But this, to me, is connected to the idea that we're going to do away with the word colonials or we're going to coddle these kids and give legitimacy to things that are untrue of what they believe, and it has to be addressed. I do think, because I, I know we run up against this problem of if we start to empower, or rather if we demand and support that campuses expel students for saying the, you know, saying things that we think are, are, you know, beyond the pale, we know the pendulum will go in the other direction and they're going to say, oh, well, if you don't support reparations or if you don't support BLM or you don't support trans rights or Again, whatever to your it may point, be, you're not using you know, pronouns correctly. We're going to kick you out of the school. You're, you're going to be removed from the school as well. So I, I do think that, you know, if you're going to be advocating for free speech on campus, that does include speech that is grotesque, unfortunately. But I also think there's a uh, a pretty clear line that can, and that doesn't mean that, you know, there's not counter speech and there's not, this is, you know, awful and this, look, this show in a sense is counter speech to what's going on out there. But I think that there's something else here too, because some of this stuff, and the left has tried this with the, you know, silence is violence or whatever. But yeah. some of what is being advocated on campus really is incitement to violence or, or is, is walking right up to that line, right? Calling for the extermination of people, supporting violence against groups of people. And, and when you're so, putting on the side of a, of a building built by a Holocaust survivor, glory to our martyrs, that's getting very close to creating a situation that is ripe for confrontation in a physical way. That's what I mean. You know, this yeah. is, you know, there is a line. You're not a free speech absolute. You know, if you can be a free speech absolutist or, or, you know, as close as you can get to it, but still recognize if someone stands on top of, of a car in front of a mob and says, you know, go attack or go kill the, the you know, the so and so's, that's something else. That's actually criminal. We have, we, you know, we have this basis in law for this and we, we have a basis in law. Um, you know, the, you know, free speech, obviously people talk about threats against government officials, for example. I mean, that's, you know, you claim free speech, you make a threat against the president, you're going to prison. It's not like, yeah. uh, it's not like that there's a, a true absolutism already that exists. And I, I do think that some of what you're seeing on campus walks right up to that line and maybe, and crosses that line. Uh, I, I think that you're crossing that line when you're saying that, you know, you support a mass murder that just occurred and you want, you know, more of those actions. Like that's, now, you know, you have to look at what the specifics are. You have to look at what the actual verbiage is being used. Um, so that's one component of it in terms of how I think the campuses should be reacting. And to your point about the donations, you are seeing donors pull back. And you know that more than more than half of college donations come from people who who donate over a million dollars. It doesn't surprise me at all. Big right? donors I mean, carry a big a big part of the uh, donation I, load. Buck, when I sold OutKick. I got a lot of calls from everywhere I went to school and, and GW was hitting me up, hitting me up. And, and I got a call and I said, look, when they changed the word colonials, I, I, this is, this is again, people thought some people were like, Oh, you're crazy. What do you care about? This is symptomatic of a root foundational issue that I think is revealing itself now. And so for adults, I said, no, I'm not going to donate to GW. I've got the money to be able to do it. Uh, I appreciate my time there. But I'm not going to do I'm not going to support and countenance the way that adults are coddling kids. And I think there need to be a lot of people doing this where there is a financial incentive to actually return educational freedom. I, I, you know, I was a history major, Buck, at GW. And we used to talk about in history classes how 
it was such a Jewish dominated school that it felt like every history class would ultimately somehow end up on the Holocaust, right? You could be in black history and somehow you end up on the Holocaust. You could be in, you know, the history of the Civil War and somehow you end up in the Holocaust because for GW of all schools to end up with this, this level of death to martyrs on a, on a, a library, I, I, if it can happen at GW, it can and is happening at all of our elite, and I'm not even saying GW is that elite, but it is a good school at all of the high end. I mean, seventy thousand dollars a year parents are paying now as a scholarship kid. Well, look, look what happened but, at but Harvard. It's crazy. Right? I mean, yeah, you know, right. It's happening. It's happening at, at all these institutions. Um, if, by the way, if you have a if you have a uh, a, a child, a kid, a uh, young adult on college campus, um, and they've told you your daughter, your son has told you that they've seen some of this stuff. Uh, we want to hear from you. Eight hundred two eight two two Eight eight two. Support U.S. funded resources in oil and gas assets. Phoenix Capital Group invites you to invest in the heart of America with domestic energy corporate bonds. Phoenix Capital connects private investors like you with investments in t- intangible domestic energy assets. Investing in these high yield corporate bonds can yield annual interest rates of nine to thirteen percent with monthly payments. Uh, Phoenix Capital Group offers various options with different rates and terms to choose from. It's a vote of confidence in the American dream. Be part of the backbone that built our nation. To learn more, download Phoenix Capital Group's free investment package today at phxonair.com. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 9 to 13% APY. Download the Phoenix Capital Group's free investment packet today at phxonair.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for Team Reality. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to the Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans, heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country, heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. He sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber, the complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, and he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave Major Turnbull a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. He moves around his home more easily now. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers in supporting America's heroes, our nation's severely injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees, that's how. I own one of their AR-15s. It is an incredible firearm. They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. That's Bear Creek Arsenal. 
dot com slash B-U-C-K. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code for 10% off your first order. You're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price. BearCreekArsenal.com slash Buck. Use the name Buck to get that 10% off your first order. There is a great evil taking place in our society. Since 1973, over 64 million babies' lives have been taken. Preborn is dedicated to saving these precious lives. And every day, the staff members at Preborn Clinics rescue 200 babies and help women in crisis by sharing light, love, and a free ultrasound. That changed my life, just from that ultrasound picture. You see, when an expectant mother meets her precious baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, she is twice as likely to choose life for her baby. Would you join me and Preborn in rescuing babies' lives? One ultrasound is just $28, and for $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds helping to rescue five babies' lives. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash buck. You will never regret saving a baby's life. Visit preborn.com slash buck, sponsored by Preborn. Well, we were just talking about the anti-Semitic outbursts at various colleges, uh, whether it's protests or public displays, etc. George Washington University, Clay's alma mater, just put out this statement. On Tuesday evening, the university became aware of several unauthorized projections on a campus building, the projections on the university's library violated university policy, and leadership intervened to ensure these projections were removed. The statements made by these individuals made by these individuals in no way reflect the views of the university. We are reviewing this incident. We'll take any appropriate steps. Uh, we recognize the distress, hurt, and pain this has caused. The university will continue to communicate with all members of the community. President Granberg will be communicating directly with the community center on this matter. Clay. As an alumni, sufficient? Weak. Weak. I mean, look, I think you can say uh, students believe all sorts of things on campus. This is just me off the top of my head. Uh, But as a university, we think it's important to condemn student statements that we 100% disagree with. And the idea that anyone involved in a terror attack against Israel is a martyr or that they deserve glory is abhorrent to all the values that George Washington University represents. That's me off the cuff. You know, not with some, you know, probably multi-million dollar PR squad helping to draft everything. That's what should have gone out. Well, I also would wonder, and I I, I don't have this handy, but I, I wonder if we were to pull up in uh, June of 2020. Oh, I'm that, sure they put out some sort of the, George the BL- Floyd. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the BLM statement. That's, compare their, their statements at these schools that have been made on uh, Israel and the anti-Semitism. Compare the force of those statements with the force of outrage from the George Floyd uh, incident of martyrdom that they've referred to so many times. Correct. And that is why I think we see that there isn't actually equal value for life across those campuses. And guess what? All lives do matter. Remember when they were firing people for saying that? First thing you grab when you get out of the shower, your towel. If it's one of those stiff, scratchy ones, that stinks. It's a bummer. But if it's a my towel, you're going to love it because they have a new line of soft absorbent towels made with the best kind of cotton, which gives them a cozy feel. You're going to want to wear your my towel all day. Right now, you can get a six piece set of my towels 
for a low introductory sale price of just twenty nine ninety eight when you use our names Clay and Buck as the promo code. You get the designer premium line just twenty bucks more. That's fifty percent in savings. You can get the offer online. Go to mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square for the new My Towel six piece sets. Don't forget to enter the promo code Clay and Buck for fifty percent savings. You can also call. 800-792-3269 for this special and many more. That's MyPillow.com. Get the towels with the code Clay and Buck. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Okay, Buck, let's talk about what's actually... By the way, we're going to have a speaker. I don't know how many of you have been aggressively following that, but your three-week nightmare is over. Mike Johnson, congressman from Louisiana, appears to easily have the votes... And that may happen. I haven't seen Buck. I don't know if you have the exact time when the vote is scheduled to take place or if it has been set yet. Uh, but it is, uh, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's kind of funny though, where it's like, now everyone's like, yeah, Mike Johnson. That's the, that's the guy, right? I mean, you know, yesterday we're, t- we're like, everyone's like, Meh, Tom Emmer. Oh, I don't know. And then before that it was Jim Jordan. And I, I just think that any enthusiasm that anybody could really have externally to this process has really, has been spent already. So it's a little bit of a, like, you know, there's a relief that it may be over, but it's kind of a womp womp moment. I will say, if you think about the 2024 elections, if Mike Johnson is the speaker, the attempt to demonize Mike Johnson is just not going to be like, who? You know, like, you know, I mean, to be fair, we said Nancy Pelosi was a very successful Democrat speaker. But during all of the campaigns, there would be like a bad picture of Nancy Pelosi, you know, that a Republican would run in an attack ad. And it would be like, if you vote for so and so, then Nancy Pelosi is going to. No, like, you can't say, if you vote for so-and-so, Mike Johnson is going to be like, well, Mike Johnson's like the most average named dude ever. No one, he looks like the most average dude ever. No one even knows who he is. Like, there is, it's all going to be Trump. But in the House races, this whole idea of, oh, this is going to be a disaster for Republicans that they change speakers. Some people actually knew Kevin McCarthy. Nobody's going to know Mike Johnson, right? Like, what percentage of our audience, Buck, right now could pick Mike Johnson out of a lineup? If you just put him, I mean, if you take Louisiana, if you you take Louisianans, even Louisianans, if you don't live in his district, I don't even think people in Louisiana know who this guy is. Yeah, this is five percent of our audience. Like, if you put Mike Johnson in, I think he's like a fifty-four-year-old gray-haired. You know, I, I don't think he has gray hair yet. I can't even describe him. Like a brown-haired white guy. You put him in with other fifty mid fifties brown haired white guys, nobody knows who he is. I mean he he looks he looks like the vice principal at like every nice suburban high school in America. That's a good way of That's, describing it. You know what I mean? Yes. You know. So it's yeah. gonna be hard to demonize this guy. Uh but we do have a speaker. Wait, hold on, we've got a cut to to bring this home that I should play. Everyone likes Mike. Uh here is Mike Johnson, new star of the Republican caucus, cut seven. I hear it looks like it's very good. I haven't had one negative comment about him. Everybody likes him. He's respected by all. He's something unique. And uh, it looks like that's going to happen. So that'll be a wonderful thing. I put out a tweet today on him. And I did one last night. You saw that. I think that somebody that could be really uh, spectacular. And maybe for many years to come, he'll be very good. Okay, so that's Trump obviously reacting. And Trump is still showing up, by the way, in New York City at this civil trial with Letitia James uh, arguing against him. Um, so I was going to set the table here for you, Buck. 
There is now, that, now, so that is taken care of. We'll bring you the official announcement whenever it occurs, but it appears that that three week uncertainty that Mike Johnson's going to be the next Speaker of the House, the Republicans have a new leader. Okay. So let's go ahead and set the table here. There are reports that Israel is not yet going to invade Gaza. And that the reason that that invasion is being held back is because the United States wants to provide more support in order for that invasion to occur, potentially able to fight back against other entities, whether it's Hezbollah, whether it's Iran, whether it's Syria, that might decide to get involved in the region. How would you assess what is going on right now in the Hamas-Israel dispute buck? So you have to think of this... um you know, think of it as almost a, a map in your head, right? You've got Israel right to the south of Israel. You have Hamas. That's the primary front for this battle. That's the primary, you know, place of, of conflict, right? Um, but you also have to the north Hezbollah in Lebanon. And one of the major concerns here is that the moment that Israel goes into Gaza, Hezbollah, which is estimated to have tens of thousands, perhaps over a hundred thousand rockets, all these different like Fajr 3, Fajr 5. Usually you have, um, these, uh, Katyushas. It's kind of an old Russian model of a rocket. That's what the, that's what Hamas tends to fire off and even more homemade stuff. Um, although they, they also have their own pipeline to get in more advanced illicit weapons. Hezbollah has some of the better Iranian weapons. They also use drones a lot. You're seeing a lot more usage of drones, um, in weaponized form. Um, you have the West Bank clay. Wall Street Journal actually doing a whole deep dive into the West Bank, which is the other Palestinian controlled territory adjoining Israel, where there could be, they believe there have there've been a lot of arms infiltrated into the West Bank, and that may become another front of conflict once the Gaza invasion begins. You have, uh, the Syrian Iranian backed militias, so Iranian backed militias in Syria that can fire rockets and do other things into Israel. Um, and then you have the possibility of Iran or even the Houthi militants in Yemen. Remember, there's this Houthi militia or Houthi, you know, militant group in Yemen that is backed by Iran that we've been sort of helping the Yemeni government fight against for many years now. But they could fire rockets. The whole point here, Clay, is there's all these different possible launch pads for conf, you know, for, for missiles into not just Israel, but also there's a U.S. troop presence in Syria and a U.S. troop presence in Iraq. And if all of these different Shia militia groups were activated on Iran's behest, uh, at Iran's behest because of the invasion into Gaza, we would have hundreds, even a few thousand of troops directly in harm's way, including other U.S. interests. And I'm not even talking about the possibility of oil tankers being hit by land-based missiles in the Straits of Hormuz, which would be a, nat- a, a natural disaster, a, a, a ecological disaster, a global you know recession. So that's how this all spirals out. U.S. positioning right now, the carrier groups, that's a strike force capability, but also we have these Aegis missile uh, destroyers that are able to help intercept, effectively augment the Iron Dome if need be, because the most likely... Uh, additional combatant into all this, the one that really has people worried, would be Hezbollah just unleashing thousands of rockets into Israel. Israel's not very big, so they don't have to be accurate rockets, particularly to do tremendous damage. You've been in a lot of these rooms, so, uh, and I'm asking you to analyze this from a foreign affairs perspective. One of the big challenges I'm betting 
is you're trying to analyze the game theory of what might happen elsewhere with somewhat limited information, sometimes accurate, sometimes inaccurate information, and you almost have to think probabilistically, right? What are the odds that this will happen if we do this, right, is kind of the way that you're thinking, if, then. If you were sitting there right now based on what you know, what do you think the chances are, from a probabilistic perspective, that this spirals into something far more significant in the Middle East than just Israel going on in taking on Hamas. I think the I think the likelihood here is that the moment that Israel goes in, Hezbollah, um, and remember Israel had a nasty short war with Hezbollah. I think it was back in two thousand um, and six, uh, and 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 Israel learned some lessons about the advanced anti-tank munitions that Hezbollah had gotten access That's to. That's when Hezbollah you know, kidnapped some Israeli soldiers, right? Is that what was the precipitating factor for that incident? If I if memory serves, yeah. yeah. And then and then there was a, you know, cross-border fighting that was happening there. I think the likeliest thing is uh you'll have Hezbollah firing off a lot of missiles. You'll have the Iron Dome trying to take as much of that out of the sky as it can while the Israelis go into Gaza, the IDF goes into Gaza. Uh, I think Iran will make a lot of noise about more things happening. They may fire off, some militias may fire off some missiles at U.S. bases just as a show of force. But I do, th- I mean, may- maybe this this could be wishful thinking on my part. I do think that there's a recognition um, in Tehran that if they were to become direct, direct combatants in this, uh, you know, if they use Iranian territory to be launching directly attacks uh, on Israel or U.S. assets, or if they were to... I mean, the moment they start killing... I know they've killed Americans already in Israel. We've talked about that. Um, but the moment that they're specifically targeting Americans on bases, uh, they probably recognize that our response would be... Uh, well, you would hope our response will be swift and severe, uh, even, under, even under a Biden administration. I think that they would recognize that. So I think it's probably a two-front war Israel faces... For a while, while it's trying to do what it can to destroy Hamas in Gaza, um, but those dominoes could fall, and that's what ev- everyone sits there. The dominoes I laid out: these different militia groups, Iran's tentacles, and also its logistics and supply. You got to remember, Iran now can run; they can run munitions and you know weapons and and personnel from you know it can go from Iran through Iraq, through Syria, through Lebanon. Right into, uh, you know, right, oh, right against Israel, I should say. And they've also been able to do the same thing with different, uh, terrorist, um, you know, lines of, of supply communication for Hamas, for Palestinian Islamic Jihad, which is the main militant group in the West Bank. Uh, so that's, and, and there's all, there could be a, a West Bank component of this as well, which we haven't really seen much of yet. There's been a little bit of, of, um, you know, activity there, violence, but that could open as well. So, Israel's up against it, and the U.S. is basically showing up in a way we haven't had to in the past to to say, you know, we're we're here if things start to get out of hand. We'll take some of your calls, by the way, 800-282-2882, if you want to ask Buck about the questions in Israel, if you want to weigh in with what we're talking about at, at universities, if you got kids, if you're on a university campus right now. Uh, maybe we got some uh, some GW kids that are out there listening or recent grads. Again, we're talking about... Uh, what is going on in terms of support for Hamas and what it reflects in terms of the toxicity uh, that has come to be rooted in many of these campuses and the inability to distinguish between good and evil. 
Yesterday, we spoke with former Staff Sergeant Medal of Honor recipient Clint Ramasha about what he's doing to help veterans. It was a great conversation that you can find at clayandbuck.com. Our sponsor, Pure Talk, was founded by a veteran who's also dedicated to helping the men and women that served our country. When you switch your cell phone company to Pure Talk, they'll donate a portion to alleviating $10 million in veteran debt by Veterans Day. We're actually more than halfway there, thanks to all of you in this audience. That's over $5 million of veteran debt erased. It's a win-win because when you make the switch, you'll be saving money too. Pure Talk plans start at just 20 bucks a month, offering unlimited talk, text, more data, and a mobile hotspot. Again, my own son, my 15-year-old, who's about turned 16 in January. That's the one that I'm trying to figure out how to train him to drive a car. Uh, he has a Pure Talk phone. We rely on it to stay in touch with him. Just dial pound 250, say the keywords Clay and Buck to make the switch. Let's show our unwavering support for our veterans. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck to switch to Pure Talk today. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Use your CNB 24-7 subscription to get access to the guys. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees, that's how. I own one of their AR-15s. It is an incredible firearm. They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. That's bearcreekarsenal.com slash B-U-C-K. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code for 10% off your first order. You're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price. Bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. Use the name Buck to get that 10% off your first order. 
There is a great evil taking place in our society. Since 1973, over 64 million babies' lives have been taken. Preborn is dedicated to saving these precious lives. And every day, the staff members at Preborn Clinics rescue 200 babies and help women in crisis by sharing light, love, and a free ultrasound. That changed my life, just from that ultrasound picture. You see, when an expectant mother meets her precious baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, she is twice as likely to choose life for her baby. Would you join me and Preborn in rescuing babies' lives? One ultrasound is just $28, and for $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds helping to rescue five babies' lives. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby, or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash buck. You will never regret saving a baby's life. Visit preborn.com slash buck, sponsored by Preborn. Welcome back, team. 800-282-2882. Give us a call on the phone lines here on Clay and Buck. You know, we were just talking about the tactical realities in uh, the uh, area of operations for uh, Israel right now, what's going on in in the broader Middle East. And there's this Wall Street Journal piece that in the weeks leading up to the October 7th attack, uh, hundreds of Hamas fighters received specialized combat training in Iran. This is uh, according to people familiar with intelligence related to all this uh, re- and reported in the Wall Street Journal. You know, Clay, w- one of the uh, the issues that we also have to always remember as you're looking at all of this and as it plays out is that the Democrat Party, and it really stretches back to the Obama administration, particularly Obama's second term, uh, has taken this line that Iran, if only we would negotiate with them more, if only we would be, uh, you know, whatever, more reasonable or more diplomatic or wh- whatever it may be in their minds, Iran could become a normal country. Like Iran will be th- going through the process of liberalizing and becoming, you know, a country like we don't sit around worried about what like Tunisia is going to be up to tomorrow. Like everyone gets yeah. along fine, right? This is the root fallacy or th- th- this is like the fundamental falsehood of Democrat foreign policy as it relates to the Middle East these days. Other than there's also all the, you know, just general anti-Israeli, anti-Semitic sentiment. And that is. Uh, we can bring Iran into the fold of the international community if we just get the right structured agreement with them. Iran is a, Iran is a terror state. I mean, Iran is as far from being a, a normalized friendly nation to its neighbors and to other countries as, you know, North Korea. I mean, we used to refer to the axis of evil. We took one of those out yeah. at, at considerable cost. Uh, but the rest of the axis, I know people don't use that term anymore, but it's very much stayed exactly the same, which is, you know, Iran and North Korea. These are enemy combatant states and need to be viewed that way. But the Democrat Party refuses to see Iran for what it is. I'm not talking about the Iranian people. I'm talking about the Iranian regime and military, but that's the truth. Well, and not only that, Buck, I would say that things have gotten far more dangerous because Russia and China have been pushed together. And now Russia and China are reaching out to Iran. North Korea still seems like a total, you know, misnomer of a state almost. They're just kind of out there as a strange outlier, but doesn't mean that they're not dangerous. And, um, this, this is my concern at any point. And we should mention that our good, my good friend, uh, Gavin Newsom is, uh, currently in China hanging out with Chairman Z. It does feel to me like, Buck, 
China has suddenly gotten nervous about its geopolitical standing. And, and I think, again, if you look at the data, population has begun to decline. Uh, the overall growth rate of China. Remember when everybody said, oh, China's going to be the biggest uh, economy in the world? Doesn't seem like it's going to be able to catch the United States. And I would argue that there's a little bit of similarity now for China with what happened with Japan. But suddenly China seems like they're trying to have a little bit more rapprochement, right? They're, they're, they're reaching out. They're trying to talk uh, to they, – they're, they're talking about a meeting between Biden and Xi – and it's almost like everybody forgets, oh, yeah, they unleashed COVID on the world uh, through the, the the Wuhan lab, and they never had any consequences at all for that. And then they tried to bow up to the United States. I wonder, and I'm afraid, of whether this charm offensive is designed to try to cover up what they may try to do in Taiwan. Because you know this from studying history. A lot of times it's not when countries are at their apex of power that they act out aggressively. It's when they fear that they've begun a decline. And I think certainly that's going on at Russia. It's a way of immediately mobilizing the nation behind a united cause. I mean, fighting fighting wars as a way to prop up, actually, uh, regimes that lack legitimacy or support among the people. is That's been around for as long as there have been regimes. Um, Taking Taiwan would not be is is a harder thing, uh, depending on who you talk to, than a lot of people realize going across, you know, 100 miles. Of, of ocean, uh, amphibious landing. Taiwan is getting, you know, it's got pretty considerable defenses. The, uh, it's actually very mountainous in one part of the country, very, very high terrain to be able to defend itself. So that's all, that's a, a consideration apart from just the geopolitical realities right now, which is what you don't want to have if you're China is a whole lot of your boats get sunk on the way to try to do some sort no of doubt. invasion. But if you so. were going to do it while the U.S. is, is caught up in both the Middle East and Europe. The, I mean, then you're officially in a world war, yeah. boys and girls. Just, rem- just remember, they don't they don't want our debt to be worthless because they own like trillions of it. So yeah, true. There is that. More than a movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 